that's fine. Love talk. Oh, yeah, really fine. I think you played it before. I think so.
Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Before then, God give her grace in that hour. Yes, Miss Charlotte. Yes, ma'am. Right. Yes, ma'am. We sure will. Anybody else? Anything else? <clears throat> Praise God. That's wonderful. That is great. <clears throat> That's wonderful. Hey, y'all pray for Katrina, too, her to get that job she's needing to get. All right. Anything else? Anybody else? <clears throat> All right. Well, I'm just going to ask to sit and pray for but we got that birthday party coming up Saturday, and we got a bunch of stuff still coming in on Amazon. We don't know if we're going to get there or not. Y'all pray that it all gets worked out. I know that ain't on me, but my wife sure is concerned about it. So, uh, But anyway, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Let's ask God to meet with us. and ask God to give us a message tonight. Robert, lead us. Amen. Be seated. song on my heart today. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just from sin and sin. 
Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. And let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you throne tonight. And Lord, the best we know how, Lord, we come admitting that we don't know it all. Lord, we don't even know a little bit of it. Father, the truth of it is, is that we're feeling our way along through life when we don't have your hand. We just as blind men, blind women can't see, can't understand with our minds without your truth, without your understanding and your wisdom. But Father, we're foolish when we try to do it and navigate this life without you. Lord, I pray, Father, you'll give us wisdom tonight. Lord, you'll help us to 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 see why it's so vitally important that we that we not just expect to gain wisdom by just walking through this world, but we need to seek it. We need to go after it on purpose. And when we get it, we need to hang on to it with everything that we have because it's the only way to be successful in this life. Help us, Lord, now to see these things. Help us to, to hear what you have to say to us tonight. We pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you'll guide us. I pray you'll guide my lips and my thoughts. Lord, I pray you'll guide their ears and their understanding. Lord, for those who watch us and listen, I pray, Father, the Holy Spirit of God, you work in their lives as well. Lord, when it's all said and done, I pray, Jesus, get all the honor and the glory and may he be magnified. Lord, I want to get out of the way and let you take over. Use me tonight for Christ's honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. You know... When David is, uh, well, I say David, when Solomon is is talking here, he's talking about the things that David handed down to him. You know, I did that funeral on Monday. I, I opened with that verse of Scripture from Proverbs. I believe it was in chapter 13, verse 20 or 22, I can't remember. It said, uh, a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. And, you know, I sat there and I watched those the pictures on that video screen roll by. And, uh, you know, I kind of got tickled every other picture. of man had a string or a catfish. I mean, good night, they must eat a lot of catfish. But he either had a hold of a string or a catfish, or he had a hold of a deer, a deer rack holding a deer's head up, or he had a he had a hold of a grandkid, or he had a hold of somebody, he had a hold of a grandbaby. He was, he was around people and the things that he loved his whole life. And he was a man that didn't look like he wanted too much modern anything. He liked doing things the old-time way, what I could tell. And, you know, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to to uh, the ways of God, that's the way we need to be. We need to be about the old-time way, not about anything new or modern. You know, Jeremiah 6.16 says, Ask for the old paths where there is the good way. Walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. They, they, there's a reason why. Uh, you know, they sing, give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good enough for my mother. It was good enough for my father. It's good enough for me. There's a reason why there's a saying when people say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Amen? And, and, and ain't nothing wrong with what God has given us. We don't need to try to change it. We need to go back and see what he said and check it again. And make sure we understand it so we can walk in it. Because if it, if it was good enough for Abraham, and it was good enough for Moses, and it was good enough for David, and it was good enough for Solomon, and it was, it was good enough for Daniel, and it was, it was good enough for Isaiah, and it was good enough for, 
for all the apostles and and and, and and all the believers since it's good enough for me. I mean, I don't need I don't need nothing different. And uh, we're gonna look at this this being handed down. That's what we're looking at because that's what he's describing tonight is what was handed down to him from his father David, and he's handing it down to his son Rehoboam. Chapter four, verse one. We we see here in verses one and two the imitation that Solomon gives to his children to come and to receive wisdom from him. He wants them to get it from him. And I have I've had this struggle with every one of my children. I want you to listen to me so that you don't have to learn in the school of hard knocks. I want you to hear it from me and believe me because I love you and because I want what's best for you. And I've tried to impart that to every one of them, and some of them listen better than others, and some of them didn't listen at all, don't seem like, but... But, you know, David gave what he had to Solomon, and Solomon listened. Um, verses 1 and 2, he says, Hear, ye children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. I mean, we're, 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 we've got to teach good instruction to our own children first. I mean, before we worry about anybody else, we need to make sure that we teach our own. We need to make sure that they know the truth, and 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 we need to. And, and all we can do is tell them. I, I realize. I, I wish there was a way we could embed it into them, but all we can do is tell them, and we can. And then we pray that they take what we told them and they apply what, what they've learned. We hope that they learned it. We pray that they apply it because we want them to be blessed. We we truly do. And, and, you know, the truth of it is we can't blame parents when their children don't choose to walk in the wisdom that they've been given. If you if you taught your children right, if you gave them the Word of God, if you prayed with them, if you taught them and trained them and walked it before them, and they choose another path, you can't blame Mom and Daddy for that. And, and if you really want an example, right here, uh, Rehoboam, Solomon's son, he wasn't good or wise. He was a bad king. He wasn't a good king at all. And, and, and I mean, he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't listen to the wise men of his daddy. He went and got a bunch of the young guys. Said, hey, let me listen to what y'all got to say. And they gave him bad advice. But there's no telling how many people in this world, how many thousands or hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions of people that have gotten more good out of the book of Proverbs than the, than the guy it was intended for. Think about that. Amen. All right, let me say here, number two on this, not only should we teach it to our own children, but young people got to be taught about Christ and the wisdom of God while they're in their formative years. We don't wait till people are grown to start trying to tell them about the Lord. We need to be teaching them while they're little. We need to be putting it into their minds, amen? I, listen, I, every time I get a chance, I mention the name of Jesus to my daughter. There's a reason why I want her to know. We sing, Jesus loves me. Thus I know, for the Bible tells me so. Twice a day, every time she lays down for a nap, we sing, Jesus loves me together. Twice a day, when she lays down for a nap, we pray together. And she hears me pray for every member of our family and every one of y'all in here. I mean, I don't call everybody by name, but I pray for the people of this church. I pray for our friends, our family, even our enemies, that they come to the Lord. I listen. She hears me pray. I want her to see, hear me pray. She sees me read my Bible. 
I want her to. My kids, all my kids have seen that. I want them to see me have a relationship with God. I can't make them have one, but I can sure train them up and teach them while they're growing up and they see it repeatedly in their mind before Satan can capture their mind and make them jaded because believe you me, that's what he wants to do. He wants to try to, that's, that's why, you know, we, we, people seem to scratch their head and go, why are they trying to teach these kids in the school about sex when they're just little kids? Why are they trying to tell them, tell them that they need to be a different gender and try to encourage all that? Why are they doing it? Because right, they know they've got them in the years where they're going to form who they're going to be for the rest of their lives. And if they can fill their minds with a confusion of things that they ought not even know about, standing who God is and what Christ has done for them. That's the whole plan of the devil, working through public school systems all over our nation because it's government-run and the government's full of evil people who want to do wicked things to, to our people. And, 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 and that's why it's so important that we as believers, as the church, step up and teach our young people and make it a make it a priority that we teach them, make it a priority that we live it before them as well as teach them. Because if we, you got to understand, they're getting the devil's school system every other day of the week. They're getting it every time that television's on. They're getting it every time there's a phone or a computer on in front of them. They're getting they're getting educated by a worldly system most of the time. And what little percentage we get to to put God and His wisdom in them is so small compared. And we've got to make the most of it. The third thing I want to say about this is that anybody who will receive wisdom, I don't care if you're five years old, you're 55, or you're 85, everybody that that wants to receive wisdom from God must come as a child. Amen? You've got to come as a child. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? I mean you've got to come without prejudice. If you want something from God, you've got to come without prejudice. You've got to come being teachable. You've got to come being willing to listen. You can't come thinking, well, I already know it all. I, I, I kind of hear something you got to say, God, but I, I figure I know most of this stuff already. No, you won't ever learn a thing. You've got to come humble and say, you know, my way has never worked. All the things I've tried to do all my life have failed. God, I'm laying myself bare before you as a little child saying, teach me, Father. Teach me. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to I'm willing to take your wisdom, and I'm willing to respect your wisdom as the words of the Heavenly Father in reverence. Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey them which have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. <coughs> You know, some people despise preaching. They hate it. You you got to remember something. If the preacher preaching truth, he's not preaching his opinion. He's not preaching what he thinks. He's giving you what God said. Amen. If, I, if I'm being straight with you and, and preaching the true word of God, and not again, not trying to throw my opinion in there. Amen. Receive it. Don't say, "Well, I like it coming from him." Well, realize I'm just the mouthpiece. I mean, I could be anybody up here. God's just using me because I'm the guy standing here. But don't obey Brandon. You obey the word of God. Amen? And he's saying, he's saying, submit yourself not to that man standing up there, but to the word of God. <clears throat> Amen? Because I have to give an account. 
I'll have to give you an account for everything that I've preached from this pulpit. Let me give you a look. I have to give an account for everything I say times everybody that hears it. Think about that. If I sit up and tell you something wrong, and I steer you wrong, and everybody's watching here wrong, and everybody's listening here wrong, i got to give an account for every one of them I steered wrong. Amen. That's a heavy weight on me. And, and the Bible says the Bible says that they may give an account, but they may do it with joy. In other words, I want to see you listen to what God says so that you get blessed, so that your wives are blessed, and you're profitable for God. And I can stand someday before the Lord and say, look, they listen, God. It, 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 it worked. It took. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we got more people in the family of God as a result. That's why. Amen. He says, I'm going to for you to be a premier, whoever's teaching you to do it with grief. It's unprofitable for you. You know, again, we're told by Solomon that it's the instruction of the Father. But it's also understanding. It makes sense to us if we'll just listen. When God's trying to teach us, he said, hear the instruction of the Father and attend to no understanding. He says, if you'll just listen, if you'll just listen, it'll make sense. Attend, pay attention to learn it. It's law, but it's founded on the doctrine. It's founded on doctrine that, that's worthy of being accepted. The truth, amen, it, it, it will help you in your life. If we admit that it's good, amen, if we read the Word of God and say, you know what, I know God said, what He says is true. If we admit it's good, then we can't help but submit to it, amen, if it's right. Praise God, you know, I mean, you won't Bridge out ahead, jump in. That's not good advice. I don't think I'd follow that saying. Amen. But I'd be. But hey, but if it says bridge out, turn around, I'm gonna submit because that's good advice. Amen. The word of God ain't gonna never give you bad advice. It ain't never gonna lead you to your stray. Praise God. You can always follow it and trust it. I said we're. And the next thing we see in that, we're to treasure it. We're to treasure it. Amen. He said, I give you good doctrine. Forsake you not my law. It's good for you. Amen. We're to treasure it. We're to receive it as a precious gift. He said, I give it to you. I'm giving you, my son, precious treasure, wisdom that you can't get. You can't get this stuff You can't. People searching books and libraries and, and colleges, searching all kinds of psychology and, 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 and ideologies, and, and, and they can't find the simple truths that we have here in the Word of God because it's not in those books. That's man's ideas. We're to treasure God's wisdom. And we're to see it as a gift that God has handed down to us. We're to value it. We're to study it carefully. Hide it in our hearts and know it. And let me tell you this. If you show an indifference to it and you don't appreciate it, and you don't set your heart to understand wisdom, guess what it will cause to happen? It will cause you to disown the doctrine that you do have and disobey God's law. You know why? Because there's no love for it. And if you don't love something, you're not going to cling to it. So let's look into it this, this evening. Let's get into it. Let's look at verse 3 and 4. All right, we're going to look at the instruction that he does give them. 
Where did he get the wisdom instruction? Verse 3 and 4. Let's look at it. He said, For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and he said unto me, Let thy heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Where did he get the instruction? He got it from his dad. He got it from his mom. His parents loved him, and because they loved their son, they taught him because they wanted him to develop and be a great man. They invested in him. They taught him. He said, I was my father's son. You know, that, that don't just mean I was born to that guy. That means I, I was a lot like him. Spitting image, you know. Look just, I mean, I, I guarantee you, Solomon is walking behind David. Everybody said, man, there goes his shadow. You know, I, I, I used to walk behind my daddy. I used to hear people say that. I, I didn't turn out that way. But, but back then, when, I, when he used to dress me up like a cowboy and everything, I was going to shame. But uh, he was saying he's my, he, he was David's darling. He was David's darling. You know what that meant to me? I mean, David was what? He was a man after God's own heart, wasn't he? That's what God called him. That must mean that Solomon was very much the same kind of a young man. He was he must have been a, a man after God's own heart as well, following after his dad and, and having a similar heart that, that his dad had. And and he, he said I was I was tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. There was nobody on the earth my mom loved more than me. That's what he's saying. I was the best I was the number one brother in the world to her. Both parents, David and Bathsheba, his mother both of them invested themselves greatly into their son. They made sure he was taught properly, that he grew up right, that he that he knew right from wrong. I mean, you had to remember too. He was a prince, and I know there's been a lot of princes who just lived however they wanted to. They lived in the lap of luxury, and and uh, I mean, again, I hate to bring Hunter Biden up every time I I preach. <laughs> You know, he kind of grew up in the house in a lap of luxury, and you see how he turned out. And you know, there's a lot of there's been a lot of princes who've grown up that way. They just turned out to be an absolute louse because nobody made them do anything, and they had everything. But that wasn't the case with Solomon. It could have been, but no, his mom and dad invested in him because they loved him and they cared about how he turned out. <clears throat> they made sure he was a top right. Like I said, he. he even though he was a prince, he wasn't allowed to use his power for wrong and just do whatever. He was raised with a purpose to rule wisely. David knew, he, I mean, he, I assume he, he assumed beforehand that Solomon was going to take over, and he's raised him up to take that throne. I said they loved him, so they taught him. And number two, though Solomon was a wise man, he credits David for teaching him. That's, I, that's something I see right there that lets me, that proves to me that he was a wise man. Because I've said this before, I'll say it again. Every good leader was once a good follower before they became a good leader. You can't be a good leader unless you're a good follower to start with. Because you can't train followers unless you have been a good follower yourself. And, you know, the Bible teaches that. Matthew 23, verse 12, it says, Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. You try to put yourself on high, God will knock you down to the bottom. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. In other words, you, you don't try to make yourself 
be something you're not. You just be what God has made you, and you work, keep your nose down, and God will put you where you ought to be. God will make sure that you're elevated to the right place. And that's the way Solomon was raised. He wasn't raised to be something he wasn't. He was trained to stay humble and to follow and to listen. You know, and, and, and I know this doesn't apply really to anybody in here, but I see this with a lot of young preachers. They're not content with what the Bible says. They try to find some new doctrine that nobody's ever heard of before. They try to find some new truth in there and get up and tell something, man, you got to see what I found today. Nobody's ever seen this before. That's not true. Listen, everything in this book's been found. I can promise you that. Everything in this book's been preached. I can assure you of that. Ever since it's been out, I mean, since God, God's had it in print, it's been preached. And, and the best thing that we can do as believers is quit trying to find something new and, and look for the old-time way, like I said. Jeremiah six sixteen. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. I want it the way they used to do it, Lord. I don't want to try to do it my way. I want to do it the way it's always been done, the way people have been successful in walking with God. Where is the good way? And ye shall find rest for your souls. Well, I see so many young people, and I know I was the same way, and I'm sure some of y'all were too. You know, you, somebody tried to tell you. They tried to say, hey, don't do that. That'll get you in trouble. Don't wait for me. That'll hurt you. How many of you have been here wondering to say Well, I just got to find out for myself. I just want to make sure I just want to find out for myself. Put both hands up. I jumped in both feet trying to find out for myself. And you know what I found out? I was stupid. When I found out, I was a fool. An absolute fool. Because I tried to do it my way rather than listening to people who knew God's way and told me the right way. I thought, well, you know, them the old folks, them the old bloody goodies, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, they knew what they were talking about. Because I learned the hard way. But thank God Solomon listened to his daddy. Would to God folks had listened to their mamas and daddy. Third thing on this I want to show you on this instruction he gives them. Well, since his parents taught him and they put it into him, Solomon saw it as his duty to turn around and teach his children. Isn't that a novel idea? The commandments of God. Mom and daddy taught me right what I would do. I'll do the very same thing. Pass it on. Hand it down. There's no sense in letting, again, letting the next generation figure it all out for themselves. No, he saw it as his duty to teach them. Psalm 78, verse 6 says that the generation to come might know them, even the children who should be uh, bared, who should arise and declare them unto their children. <clears throat> I said born, not bared. So the next generation's got to know it. And they got to take it and declare it to theirs. God has charged us not only to teach them to our children, but to everybody else's children that are here. I mean, we're, we're to give it to anybody and everybody who will hear. Second Timothy 2.2, 2, one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. He says, in the, in the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same Commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach them the also. In other words, don't keep all this inside. You've got to pass it on. That's, that's one of the greatest gifts we have is to 
pass on what we have because we'll never lose any, no matter how much we give away. You can't ever lose what you got. You just share it. It's like it's like Jesus and the five and the, and the five loaves and the two fishes. I mean, no matter how much you broke it, it just kept there kept being more. And that's the way it is with the Word of God. That's the way it is with the truth. All right, I'm gonna keep going here. <clears throat> Number four on that. Solomon backs up his teaching with the authority of his dad, King David. Again, I was my father's son. Amen. He he gave it to me. Second Timothy three fourteen, but continue, he said, in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Look at verse 5. It's fixing to click off real fast now. Verse 5. It says, get wisdom and understand. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. The word wisdom, if you look it up in Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary, it defines wisdom as the right use of knowledge, the right choices, and the best means to accomplish them. So to do things the right way and come up with the best result, understanding is the ability to grasp and use that knowledge, okay? So it's the best knowledge and to take it and use it right. Get wisdom and get understanding. He said, that way you'll function properly and the best in this world, no matter what you're doing. If you have God's commandments working in your mind and in your heart, you'll choose the right thing. Amen? Learn how to use it, grasp it, and use that knowledge. He said, forget it not. Amen? Forget it not. Neither decline. Don't back up. Don't forget it. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. We must beware. Listen to me. We must beware of pride, which makes us seek to find out for ourselves again and and, and for and and forge our own way rather than listening to somebody who's already been through it and somebody who's already been through the heartaches and headaches of life. We're trying to give us advice and save us from going through all that. Listen, the best thing we can do is humble ourselves and listen. Amen? Get that wisdom. Let somebody give you some advice. Somebody who's already messed up and broke, had their heart broken and gone through years of, of trouble because of it, listen. Take it in. So you know what? Maybe I don't need to choose this path because I'm going to mess up. I need to listen to God. I need to listen to God. Look at verse 6. It says, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Verse 5 said, said, forget it not. Amen? It says, forsake her not, in verse 6, talking about wisdom. Verse 5 says, forget it not. Verse 13 says, but keep her. It's telling us that we need to be on guard constantly. Amen? Because, look here, there's a chance we might forsake wisdom. There's a chance we might we might forget wisdom. There's a chance we might keep wisdom. In other words, listen, the enemy is constantly trying to take that wisdom out of our minds and out of our hands. Constantly trying to deceive us. Trying to, to distract us. And so we've got to be on guard against the enemy drawing us away through foolishness and sin, and causing us to forget the goodness of God and the Lord's wisdom 
We all, we've got to always be on guard. And that's what he's telling his son. Always be on the lookout. That's why God says, not as fools, but as wise. Making the most or redeeming the time, for the days are evil. He's saying we've got to be careful in our walk through this world because the devil's always trying to pull the wisdom of God away. He says, thirdly, he says in verse 6, he says, love her. Love her. Love wisdom. Verse 8, embrace her. It almost sounds like he's talking about a woman here. All right? But you know what? The same way that worldly men embrace their wealth, the same way worldly men and women embrace entertainment, people love it, man. They love it. They spend their fortune to go see their favorite entertainer somewhere. Uh, they'll spend all their money to go do something that entertains them. Uh, you know, they'll do anything to gain more money. He says the way they do that, we're to love and embrace the wisdom of God. I mean, it's more valuable than gold. It's more valuable than rubies and diamonds. There's nothing on earth that can compare to the wisdom of God. It will rescue you from this world. It will save your soul from hell. We need God's wisdom. It will lead us unto salvation. And what we love and what we embrace, we'll dedicate our life to. You hear me? If you love something with all your heart and you embrace something with everything you are, you will give your life to it. God says love her and embrace her. It almost sounds like what he's talking about, a husband and a wife, to cleave unto the, to his wife and their one flesh. Leave father and mother. Listen, that's a lifelong commitment. And you know what? If, you, if a man loves his wife and gives himself to his wife, guess what she's going to do? She's going to love him back and be good unto him, do good unto him all the days of his life, the Bible says. And that's what we're to do with God's wisdom. We're to love it and embrace it, and it'll do us good all the days of our life. Fourth thing I want to point out, I ain't got much left. I got a little bit left. Verse 8 tells us to exalt her. Exalt her. Exalt wisdom. What does that mean? That means to magnify it, lift it up, talk about it, brag on it. Psalm 34, 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I mean, would you all agree with me? God's word deserves to be exalted, lifted up, amen, praised, bragged on. The name of Jesus deserves to be magnified. Would you all agree with that? Amen. If you're going to exalt wisdom, guess what you got to do? You got to make sure God stays on the throne of your heart. Where was that? Something landed on my head. I don't know what it was. No, it's a fly. Okay, that's what it is. I can't stand a fly. All right. So I go flailing around. I ain't got. I ain't caught nothing. I just. Uh, let me hurry up. I won't get done with this. Uh, but we need to make sure. We need to exalt wisdom. We need to lift it up. We need to make a bigger deal out of God and His Word than we do. And lastly, I want us to look at the motive. The reason, the motive to labor for wisdom. Why should we work for wisdom? Well, first of all, it's the main thing. It is the main thing. Verse 7 says wisdom is the principal thing. It's the principal thing. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Wipe that water off my head and I'll leave me alone. 
Ecclesiastes 12, 13. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the matter, the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. The whole duty. See, God, what do you want me to do down here while I'm here on this earth? He says, fear me and keep my commandments, and that'll cover it all. That sounds pretty simple, man. Nothing to that. Amen? That's it. Put it first. Let God sit on the throne of your heart and rule over your life. That's pretty much it. So so wisdom is the principal thing. So seeking after wisdom is more important than, than seeking after money and seeking after fame or popularity or even happiness. Because guess what? If you've got wisdom, all those other things are going to fall into place. That's the whole duty of man. Number two on that. Not only is it the main thing, but it, it has thoroughness and sanity to it. Okay? You'll understand what I mean here in just a second. God's way is always better than man's way. I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 3 with me, just for a minute. I don't don't have very many other places to go in our Bible, but those ones I want to turn to. 1 Kings, turn over with me. It's it's, it's one of the things that Solomon did. It's a very famous thing, and you'll know it soon as you see it, more than likely. But uh, two women had come to him. Again, we're talking about fairness and sanity. Okay? God's way is always better than man's way. 1 Kings... 3, 16, and following. First Kings 3, 16, and following. The Bible said, then, there, then came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. And the one woman said, O oh, my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house. And I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass on the third day after I was delivered that this woman was delivered also. And we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. She laid on her baby and suffocated it, in other words. And then she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while thine handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning, I gave my child suck, and behold, it was dead. And when I considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. And the other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is thy son. And this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. Then said the king, The one saith, This is my son that liveth, and thy son is dead. And the other saith, Nay, but thy son is dead, and my son is the living. And the king said, Bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to the one and half to the other. Then spake the woman whose the living child was unto the king, for her bowels yearned upon her son. And she said, O my Lord, give her the living child, and in no no wise slay it. But the other said, Neither let it be mine nor thine, but divide it. And then the king answered and said, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it, for she is the mother thereof. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. You see, man could never come up with that judgment. Man would have been smart enough to realize that. That when that mother, that child, faced with the death of her child versus that other woman, happened would gladly say, give her the baby. Don't, don't hurt my child. See, God's wisdom is so much greater than ours. Let's see. Now, number three, it'll be to your advantage to, to labor for wisdom, to seek wisdom, to go after wisdom. 
in the first in the first place, it'll be life to you. Wisdom gives us life. Wisdom will give you comfort. Wisdom will give you happiness. And those are things that you don't want to live without. All those things are important to us because we have the wisdom of God. In verse four it says, Keep my commandments and live. There is no life outside of God. Amen? It's, it's not enjoyable. It's not happiness. There's no comfort. There's no life. There's no happiness. If we receive wisdom, God's wisdom, verse 10 says, and the years of thy life shall be many. It promises us, if we're following God and keeping his commandments and walking in his wisdom, God promises us long life. Amen? Because you want to make foolish choices that shorten your life. You're following God and listening to him. Verse 13 tells us that no matter the cost, no matter what it costs you, keep her. Keep wisdom, for she is thy life. Let me tell you something. If somebody's just a believer, stop following God, stop listening to God, and walk on, they're going to be saved, and I'm going to go. So I can promise you this, that life will be shorter. I can promise you this. God, if they just want to welcome God and don't live out a little bit, God will show you that believer to eventually take that person off the planet. That wisdom that would have kept them alive a lot longer is not there anymore, not prevalent in their life anymore. So secondly, let me just say this to you. It will be to your advantage because it will be your guard and it will be your guide for life's journey. Verse 6 says, Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Keep me. Keep me how? It will keep you from sin. Amen. The wisdom of God will keep you out of sin. You follow God's commandments, it's kind of hard to sin, isn't it? Amen. It'll keep you from evil. You'll know right and wrong. You'll know good from evil. It'll keep you from your enemies. Amen. You'll be smart enough not to fall prey to them. And it'll keep you, look here, it'll keep you from your worst enemy. It'll keep you from yourself. The wisdom of God will keep you from your foolish flesh. It'll jump up to get in the way. It'll keep us in messes and when we're confronted with stumbling blocks. Verse 12 tells us, thy feet shall not be straightened. In other words, you won't walk into a mess. That's what that means. You won't find yourself in a tight. Amen? Thy feet shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Why? You'll avoid the stumbling blocks of life when you've got God's wisdom. Thirdly, it'll be thy honor and thy reputation. <coughs> Verse 8 and 9 says, Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. You see that? Exalt her. In other words, you put God's wisdom in the forefront of your life. You follow God instead of following your own thoughts and feelings. You listen to God's word. You choose things in your life based on God's word. You let it be. You let the Spirit of God guide you through life. When you think, when you're, when you're going to make a little choice in your life, you pray about it. Seek God. Seek the mind of God. When you trust the Word of God, you trust the Spirit of God to lead you and guide you in those decisions. Exalt her. She shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor. God says that when thou dost embrace her. That's kind of what he says about a wife, too, a good wife. She'll do those things. She'll promote you. She'll, she'll honor you. 
She'll bring you honor when you embrace her, when you when you love her like you should, and you take care of your wife like you should. That's kind of what he teaches us in, in, in Ephesians. He says, that She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver unto thee. I mean, it, it's, it's no wonder Solomon prayed for wisdom and understanding. Let's turn over to First Kings one more time. We're going to close with this. I just want you to read it and see it. First Kings chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. I want you to listen to what he said. He said, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give, therefore, thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I might discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? If Solomon was smart enough as a young man to know he had to have the wisdom of God or he wasn't going to be able to handle the people of Israel. You and me me ought to be smart enough to know that we don't have the wisdom and the intellect to handle the people of Clarksville or anywhere else. Amen. We need wisdom. We need God's wisdom. Listen, you've got a devil to fight. You've got a devil that's opposing you. You've got distractions and sin everywhere you turn. You've got, you've got things that try to wear you down and aggravate you and get your temper up and, and get you in your flesh and drag you out of the Spirit. Listen, it's everywhere all around us. We've got temptations to walk away from God everywhere around us. We've got confusion because of sin everywhere around us. In this moment we live in, we need the wisdom of God more than we ever have in our entire lives. I urge you, my friends, seek God. Seek Him Seek to put him in his rightful place on the throne of your heart. And let him have the wheel of your heart. And let him drive. And let him lead you. And trust him more than you ever have before. God has never failed anybody, and he he never will. There's so much he can do in my life and so much he can do in your life if we will just humble ourselves and let go and turn it over and say, God, take, take every area of my life. I shouldn't have any area of my life that's not sacrificed to you. Like, like that old song says, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Let him have you, and God will make the best out of you. Amen. Let's stand together.